Um, today, I want to continue to build on the subject matter uh, that we, we recently talked about a couple weeks ago. Last week was, was a, a fun, crazy service. A lot of testimonies of healing have come in from that. And uh, and just launching the project, then spent hours just praying, laying hands on people, and uh, so we didn't get to minister what we had talked about the week before. So we're going to pick that idea back up. The title of this 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 message again is to make no little plans here. Make no little plans here. In Isaiah chapter forty nine, I want to I want to use this again as our launching pad that really communicates this principle or this concept. Uh, This is Isaiah declaring about our God. Notice what he says. He says, I find the source of all my strength in my God. That'll preach right there. Get any help in here today? I said, that'll preach right there. We don't need to say anything else, right? He says, I find all my strength in my God who says, now this is, he's going to tell you what God is saying. It's too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. He says, I will also make you. I like that. God's in the business of making you something. You might not be what you want to be, but God's not finished with you yet. He says, I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. This is absolutely a powerful verse concerning the heart of God for you. Now, this verse is multi-layered. It actually is also a messianic prophecy concerning Jesus, but it also has application to you as a servant. And notice that God is saying this concerning you, and he's saying this concerning myself. He's saying this concerning this church. He says it's too small a thing, too small a thing. Uh, For for you to be my servant and just reach uh, Israel and just reach Jacob, what what is he talking about? It's too small of a thing just to reach the Jewish people. Uh, I never had, had, had a plan just to reach one ethnicity. Uh, he says, I'm going to make you, uh, I'm going to make you a light, and we're going to reach, we're going to reach the whole world, because it's too small of a thing. It's too small of a thing just to reach you. God wants to reach your neighbor. God wants to reach their neighbor. It's too, and, and that attitude needs to get out of the church. We think, well, I'm saved, and I'm on my way to heaven, and who cares about everybody else? That's too small of a thing. Come on, that's the reason why we're giving. That's the reason why we're, we're, we're preparing for tomorrow because it would be too small of a thing uh, for, for God just to do what he's doing in this room. This, this is too small. This, this is, if you want to know how God sees things, this, you might think this is big because uh-uh, this is too small of a thing. And in their focus and up to this point, it was about Israel. It was about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and upon that nation. But God was setting them up. He says, if you're just thinking about that, he says, that's too small of a thing for you and just your family to be saved. He says, I have another family I need saved, and I have another family. He says, in fact, he says, I'm going to make you a light, and that salvation is going to be able to reach the end of the earth. God says, I'm not just sending you to Jacob, because that would be 
too small of a thing. God's not just wanting your grandkids saved. He wants your, grand, he wants your neighbor's grandkids saved. Come on. You don't have the heart of God if, you're not, if you don't have the whole world in your heart. God wants to see the whole earth impacted. God says that's too small of a thing. He says, I'm sending you as a light to save the whole world. I'm sending this salvation, this healing, this deliverance. Come on. It's not just healing for you. It's healing for the, the broken hearts today that, that just lost some loved ones yesterday. Come on. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm sending this salvation. I'm sending deliverance and breakthrough and rest, restoration to the whole wide world. We have an assignment. As long as there's somebody to be reached, we have work to do. Celebration is too small of a thing for us to just have our little church. That's too small of a thing. God says, I have a whole world in mind. And he says, I will make you what I need to make you so you can touch the whole wide world. Somebody ought to give me a big amen right there. So, so here's the truth in that. The truth is that God always, always wants his purpose and his plan to go big. I believe in our lives, over your life, he's saying, he's looking at your life and he's saying it's too small of a thing. He says, I can, I can do more. I can do more in your home. I can do more in your marriage. I can do more with your children. I can do more with your business. Come on, do you, do you, feel, like, do you feel like there's more that God can do? God, God says, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. I, I think when God takes a look at our homes and our lives and our, 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 our families, I, I think he says it's, it's too small of a thing. Don't, don't stop there. Don't, don't limit me there. I, I can do more in your home and your family. I believe when God looks at this church, he looks at it and he says, this is, you might think it's big, but he says That's, it's just too small of a thing. He says, I don't just have Clovis in mind, but I have Fresno in mind. I have Madera in mind. Come on, Sanger and Selma. Said and Modesto, I, I have the whole valley, I have, I have the whole state in mind, I have the whole nation in mind. And we need to adjust our thinking like God thinks. It's too small of a thing just to make this about you. Yeah. I'll say that again. It's too small of a thing for this to just be about you. That is not the heart of God. You, if you want to see God's blessings upon your life, get beyond yourself. It's too small of a thing. For us just to be saved. Come on, as long as they're still shooting people, killing people, murdering people. Come on, there, there's a mission and an assignment. It's too small of a thing for us just to hunker down and hope Jesus comes back. It's too small of a thing. Come on, our greatest hour, our greatest days, our greatest moments are upon us. We have an assignment. He looks at this church. He says, it's too small of a thing. I can do more. I want my purpose to go big. God wants his plan, his purpose to go big in this city and in this world. God always wants our vision to be bigger. So again, I want to continue to talk about who we are and where we're going. Who we are, and we might be on this for a while, because as a church, we need to unite around what God is saying to us and where God is taking us. Because as a church, we have an assignment and a responsibility in the earth. And just in case you didn't get the memo, we're making no small plans here. Making no small plans here. Now, you might, you might say, where did that come from? Uh, uh, 
several, uh, about a couple months ago, Richard Roberts was here, and God had already put all this in my heart and this project and everything that we're doing. And, and it was Richard Roberts, when he began to prophesy over this church, God spoke to me and says, now is the time. Uh, now is the time. So if we have that video, I want you to see this prophecy concerning this church. And this is what has kind of launched this. You watch. It's coming. And I have a feeling this church is going to be a great part of it. So, Pastor Randy, I want to say to you what my father said to me. Make no little plans here. Make no little plans here. God has a great vision in you. He has his spirit in you. And you've just begun. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Last time we were together, we talked about three things that we need to know about God's big plans. And let me just review them, and then we're going to step into what I believe God wants to say to us today. The first thing that we understand about God's big plans for our life, for our homes, remember, it's not just the church. It's wanted to do something in your home, your, your family, your children. Three things that we need to know when God is doing big things in our life. First of all, you need to know that God's not finished with you yet. We talked about that. We ministered. You can go back on YouTube and get some of those. But you need to understand that God is, is still working on you. God is still working in you. He's working through you. He's working in your family. God's not finished with you, yet he has more victories. He has more breakthroughs. He has more provision. He has more provision. He has more provision. He has more help. Huh? He, he, has, he has more years for you. Come on. God's not concerning God's big plans. You need to just understand, because the devil's lying to a lot of you. You need to understand God's not finished with you. Yeah, the second thing we talked about concerning that is if God's not finished with me yet, I then have to have a made-up mind that I'm not finished yet. So, so important. If God's not finished yet, then I'm going to have to have a made-up mind that I'm not finished yet. Understand, the promise that God's not finished yet with you yet won't do you a bit of good without your involvement and without your commitment that you're not finished yet. God can't use a quitter, and God can't use a quitter, right? Uh, we talked about Caleb at the age of 85, how, how he talked about going into the promised land. He's 85 years of age, and, and 45 years has passed, and he's staring at the same promise of God that 45 years earlier they didn't possess their land. And 85 years later, he says, I still want my mountain. And I love, I love that attitude because what Caleb was saying is, is, God, I'm not finished yet. God's not finished yet, and I'm not finished yet. If God's going to do big things in your life, you're going to have to have an understanding that God's not finished yet, and then you've got to have a made-up mind that you're not finished yet. Caleb, at the age of at 85, he says, I'm as strong today. I'm as passionate about the things of God today. I'm as passionate about the promises of God today as I was 45 years ago. We need that attitude back in the church. We need that 
same passion you got saved with to be working in you today. He says, I still want, he says, I still want my mountain. I still want my, I still want my promise. I still want my blessing. Some of you have conceded to the enemy and you need to wake yourself up. I don't care if you're 55, 65, 85, or 105. Listen, you've got to have a commitment. I'm not, I want my mountain. I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago, as I was yesterday. So, so God wasn't finished yet. We have to have a made-up mind that I'm not finished yet. The third thing, we didn't get here, but, but I'm going I'm to slip it in real quick, and then we're going to move on. The third thing you need to know about God's big plans is God's not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. The third thing is we're not finished yet. We're not finished yet. As the church, we're not finished yet. Why? Because the church is the hope of the world. It's not enough for God not to be finished yet. It's not enough just for you to individually not be finished yet, but we got to rally around the, the church is what God is using and building to impact a world. So God's not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. But for us to see the big things of God, the church has got to make up its mind. We're not finished. We're not finished yet. Church is the hope of the world. This city still needs Jesus. This state still needs Jesus. Come on, this nation, this world still needs Jesus. We, we are the church, and Jesus, the head of the church, said this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against what I'm building, right? So the church is still being built. There's still work to be done. And I guess the, the big question for us as a church today, this local church, is, is, is are you building what, what Jesus is building? Are, are you concerned about what Jesus is concerned about? God, God's not finished with you yet. You've got to have a made-up mind. I'm not finished yet. But the church has got to rise up and be the church in the nation and in the world. It says, hey, God's not finished with it. We're not finished yet, right? God, God, Jesus is building the church. So, so, so the question would be, how important is the church to you? How important is the church to you if, 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 if your life, your work, your family isn't about building the church, then, then Jesus isn't building it. You want Jesus to be involved in your family? He wants him to be involved in your life? Everything that you do as a family, building your, your life, your business, your work, your, your occupation, your, your children, if, if that's not the ultimate goal about building Jesus and the church and the kingdom of God, then, then Jesus isn't building your life with you. And I think so many people think church is what we do on Sunday morning. Church is what you do on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. And I've just come to tell somebody and to remind the church that we're on a mission to know God and make Him known, to raise up and work together with this next generation, to expand our reach, to touch more lives, to touch more people, to rescue more people, to see more lives transformed and healed by the power of God. Well, what are you saying? As a church, there's more to do. There's more that God has for this celebration family. We have an assignment. We're not here just to be comfortable Christians. We're not here for, for, for our convenience. We're not here just to get fat and sassy. No, we're here 
because this is what Jesus is building and this is what the hope of the world is. Here at Celebration, we're making no little plans. I believe our best days are ahead of us, better than ever. So, so concerning the big plans of God, God's not finished with you yet. I have a made-up mind that I'm not finished yet and that as a church, there's assignments ahead of us. There's a work to be done as the church. We're not finished yet. Now, recently God was reminding me as I was, as I was studying this and looking at this that when he was looking to do big things in people's lives, especially in Joshua's life, he talked about three specific things. And we've talked about these before, but the Lord's given me some, some further revelation on this. And I feel like this is the next piece. So today I want to I want to give you three things. I want us to look at three things that God uh, talked about in the life of Joshua as they were about ready uh, to see God do big things in their life. Most of us know the story. Here's God's people. They're getting ready to possess and cross over into the promised land. They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and now God has a land for them, a land of, of promise, a land of abundance, a land where they'll never lack anymore. But what's interesting is, is before they cross over into their place of abundance, before they get what God has promised, God wants to talk to them about three specific things. Number one, he wants to talk about their yesterdays. Number two, he wants to talk about their todays. And number three, he wants to talk about their tomorrows. How many of you give me just a few moments and we'll see how far we can get? No, you're done? No, we're done? No. How many give me three more minutes at least? The first thing God speaks, again, I want you to put yourself in this, this, this story. They are ready to step into the big promise that God has for them. This, this is huge. They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. God says, I have a land for you that flows with milk and honey. If you ever get in there, there'll be no scarcity and no lack in your life. So for 40 years, they've been believing for this promise. It's like you believing for your healing and believing for your deliverance and believing for the restoration of your children. It's, a, it's the same idea. What are you believing God for? What are you expecting uh, God to do in your life? You're on the verge of it, and, and, and I believe that God wants to talk to you about these three specific things before you'll be able to cross over to the bigness of God. Here's what God wanted to talk to them. He wanted to, first of all, talk about their yesterdays. The first thing God speaks to some two million people is about their yesterdays. Notice Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, After Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, My servant Moses is dead. Now you and all these people must go. You must go into the land I'm giving to the Israelites. Moses is dead. I need you to go. Moses is dead. I need you to go. Now, now, What's interesting about this is that God shows up and tells them Moses is dead, but these people know that Moses is dead. In fact, they've been mourning and grieving for 30 days, according to the Scriptures. So, so God doesn't show up to, to, to inform them that Moses is dead, but to awaken them to the reality that it was time to move forward. They already knew Moses was dead. They, they've, been, they've been mourning. God does not show up to tell them, hey, by the way, Moses is dead. They knew Moses was dead. God showed up to tell them Moses 
was dead to awaken them to the reality that it's time to move forward. You see, Moses represents their, their yesterdays, their, their past, their, their, their yesterdays. And what is important to understand is for these people, um, their yesterdays had been a full, of, a full of lots of pain in their life. Uh, not only are they grieving Moses' death here, their great leader that, 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 that led them out of Egypt's slavery, but they're actually grieving the, the death of their grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunts. You see, this is a brand new generation, and they're, they're, on, the, they're, they're on the verge of crossing over into what God has for them, but, but a whole generation had to die before them. So, so there's been millions of funerals that the, these, this generation has had to attend. They're, they're, they've experienced great loss in their life. They, they've experienced great pain in their life for, for year after year, for many years, not to mention all their failures, not to mention all of the regrets and the disappointments that we read in the Old Testament uh, of, of their wilderness wanderings. These, these people are experiencing pain like no other. So God shows up in this moment. He shows up in their pain, and he shows up when they're grieving over the death of Moses, and God tells them, you can't change the past because it's, it's dead. But you can, still, you can still live for the purpose that I have that's in front of you. God is saying, God is saying, hey, 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 don't get stuck in your yesterdays. Don't get stuck in your past because I have a great future ahead of you. And what awaits you is greater than what has faced you. Now, again, I don't mean to be insensitive here, but there are those things in your lives that are dead. And if you're going to experience the big things of God, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to consider your yesterdays. There are some things in your lives that are dead, and the reality is you can't change it, and you can't fix it. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it was for them. Their great leader's dead. Family members are dead. Failures and regrets and promises and so much death in their life. For you, it might be a relationship. For you, it might be a job that's dead, a, a business that's dead, an opportunity that's dead, maybe, maybe a failure in your life, a regret, a disappointment. But I've come to tell you that that is in your yesterdays. That's in your past. And, and, and the first thing that God has to do in order to get a people into a promise is he's got to talk to them about their yesterdays. Why? Because we all have a tendency to get stuck in the pain. We get stuck in the regret. We get stuck in the disappointment. Get stuck in the, in the hurt. The truth of the matter is, is you can't change it. And you can't fix it. But I've come to tell somebody here today that there is a God that is at work in your pain. He's at work in your failure. Here, here's what I know. Here's what I know about your yesterdays. There's healing for your yesterdays. Come on, there's restoration for your yesterdays. There is mercy. Come on, does anybody need any mercy for their yesterdays? There's forgiveness for your yesterdays. God has promised his people, those who love him, that he'll take the good, the bad, and the ugly, 
and at the end of it all, he'll work it out for your good. I, I, think, I think that's why Paul said in the New Testament, Philippians 3.13, he says, I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past. I'm not going to focus, Paul says, on the past. I'm going to live for the future that God has for me. I'm here to tell you, if you're going to see big things in your life, you've got you to understand that there's healing for your yesterdays. And you can't afford to live in your yesterdays. It's time to get moving into your todays. It's time to get moving into your tomorrows. In order for God to do big things in your life, you need to know this. I, ho I hope you hear it loud and clear. God has healing for your yesterdays. He doesn't want you to be stuck in that pain. He doesn't want you to be stuck in that regret. How many people are stuck in their yesterdays? And the first thing that God has to do in order to get them into their promised land is says, hey, 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 it's dead. It, it's dead. You can't fix it. You can't change it. But I can heal it. I can restore it. I can take the pain of it and work something great in your life. I'm here to tell somebody there's healing for your yesterdays. You don't have to be stuck in your yesterdays. The second thing that God talks about was their, was their tomorrows. God talked about their tomorrows. Notice Joshua 3, 5. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Man, I hope you get this part. This is why we're here today. You need to leave this place expecting miracles in your future. One translation, the NIRV says, Joshua said to the people, set yourselves apart to the Lord. Tomorrow he'll do amazing things among you. If we only believe the Bible, right? God says, tomorrow I'm doing miracles. Tomorrow I'm doing amazing things. Tomorrow God promised them that he would do miracles in their... What are you sad about? What are you discouraged about? What are you disappointed about? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, we already talked about yesterday. Get healing for your yesterday. You can't change it. You can't fix it. There's a promise that there's a miracle waiting on you in your tomorrows. Think about what kind of life that would be for your home and for your life. To get miracles on your calendar. What, what's taking place on Monday? A miracle. Hey, hey, what's going to happen on Tuesday? Oh, you're not going to believe this. An amazing miracle is taking place on Tuesday. I wonder if we would talk like that. You know what God is saying here? He's saying, I need you to get miracles on your calendar. What's going to happen Monday? Miracles. What's going to happen Tuesday? Miracles. What's going to happen Wednesday? Amazing God happenings. He says, tomorrow I'm going. So God wants to talk about your tomorrows. What are you believing? This is the question. What are you believing about your tomorrows? I mean, really, that's the reason why some of us look like we've been sucking on lemons. And we're so sad because we're not expecting anything good to happen tomorrow. We're expecting more of the same pain, more of the same agony, 
If God could ever get a people to believe what he's promised, I'm telling you, the church could change the world. I said the church could change the world. If, if we would ever allow God to do what God wants to do and begin to believe his word is more true than my circumstance, than my situation, than my pain, what could God do in our tomorrows? What are you believing about tomorrow? Are you dreading tomorrow? Are you dreading next week? What are you believing about your tomorrow? That there's just going to be more struggle, more of the same, more pain, more limitations? Or are you expecting God's miracles and God's amazing things to happen in your life? None of God's stuff happens without your faith. The Bible says that, 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 that the promise of God did not benefit the children of God because they did not mix faith with it. God can give you a promise, but if you don't believe that promise, it'll never happen in your life. And one of the greatest indicators that you believe what God said is you're expecting. You're anticipating. One of the great indicators that you're believing and expecting, you get happy. You get excited. Don't, don't fool yourself. Come on, if, you, if I told you and it was true that you just won a million dollars in the lotto, you would lose your weave. Some of you lose your toupee. Some of you run out of your clothes like, ah! Huh? If we ever begin to start believing what God has promised, God, if we ever mix some faith, if God said there's miracles tomorrow, then bless God, there's miracles tomorrow! Come on, somebody ought to get happy about their Monday and their Tuesday and their Wednesday and their Thursday. Come on, miracles are happening, and they're happening this week. Come on, you ought to wake up every morning with an excitement. Say, bless God, it's miracle day. Bless God. You ought to shock your wife tomorrow morning when you wake up. Some of you ought to shock your husband. It's miracle day. It's happening today. It's miracle day, baby. Come on, we're going to have miracles. That's not how we live. Most of us, our phone vibrates, get a phone call, and we go into holy dread, like, oh, dear God, what now? Like the other shoe's going to drop. We have such expectation for the worst to happen that God has come to you today to say, I need somebody to believe. I got miracles on the calendar. Hallelujah. Somebody shout miracles. What's in your future? Amazing God things. Psalm 77, 14. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. And everything that we've been through as a church this past several years, for all churches, this nation, around the world, people will say, I'm just looking to get back to normal. I don't know about you, but I don't want normal. I, I want supernatural. Come on, does anybody else want supernatural? I, I left normal a long time ago. If God has plans for our tomorrows, then we should not be making any little plans today. If God has big plans for our tomorrows, we should not be making any little plans today. So here's what we've discovered so far. If God's going to do big things in your life, number one, you've got to understand there's healing for your yesterdays. 
And number two, you got to understand there's supernatural help for your tomorrows. Healing for my yesterdays, and I got supernatural help for my tomorrows. And what's sandwiched in between those two things is your responsibilities. God then talks to them about their todays. Let me begin to just unpack this, and we'll, we'll close here in just a second. God talks to them about their yesterdays. God talks to them about their tomorrows. Healing for yesterdays, miracles for tomorrows. And then God starts talking to them. And you can read all of this in the first three chapters of Joshua. God starts talking to them about their todays. God tells Joshua, now is the time to cross over into your promised land. And God tells Joshua to tell the people about, hear this word, preparations. Prepara you know what the definition of preparations? One definition of preparations is to make ready so that you're able to do it. To make ready so you're able. And, and what God wants to talk about concerning their todays is God wants to talk about preparations in their todays. He said, I need you. I need, I, I've got healing for your yesterdays, and I've got amazing things for your tomorrows, but I need you to do some preparations today. God tells them that their todays have certain responsibilities in order for God to be able to do miracles in their tomorrows. And let me give them to you. And, and they're, they're all found in the first three chapters of Joshua. But the first thing that God tells them concerning preparations is this. Number one, prepare your priority. If you're going to see miracles in your tomorrows, you're going to have to prepare your priorities. Come on, come on in here. This is so important to where we're going. This, this will help you in life if you hear this. Prepare your priorities. In other words, the priority of God's word. In Joshua 1, verse 5, verse 7 and 8, it says, No one, Joshua, will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I'll be with you as I was with Moses, and I will not fail you or abandon you. Woo. Be strong, Joshua. Very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. That's what everybody's looking for. We all want success. We're all trying to, how can I be successful? God just told you how to have success in life. And he doesn't stop there just in case you didn't get it. Notice verse 8. This is my life verse right here. Study this book of instruction, the Bible. Continually meditate on it. Uh-oh. What? God says, I got healing for your yesterdays. I got miracles for your tomorrows, but I need you to do something today. There is a responsibility and there is a preparation that I need you to do today. And a lot of the church has forgotten about the preparation of priority, the priority of God's word. Study this book of instruction continually, meditating on it day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, 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 you will prosper and succeed in all you do. Now don't get, don't, don't get confused. The world can offer you worldly success. But the Bible says with worldly comes success comes sorrow, comes pain. That's the reason why when they get the cars in the house, they still want to blow their brains out. The world can offer you a counterfeit, but God's success comes without sorrow, and the only way you're going to get God's success is you've got to start meditating the Word of God in your todays, day and night, night and day. 
day and night. Meditating the Word of God. It is the building blocks for success in your home, in your marriage, in your family, with your children. It's a, it's a building blocks for the success in your business, in your occupation, in the, in the marketplace. It, it, is, it is what gives you success in life. And God's success will not come any other way but through His Word. Being a, if you could ever figure out what you've been meditating on, you could figure out what your problem is. Come on, somebody. So God tells them your todays are all about God's Word being your priority. Read God's Word, meditate God's Word, speak God's Word. God's Word is God speaking to you. God's Word is the manual for successful living. God's Word is God's plan for your, your life. I, I am shocked. I'm absolutely shocked how many people don't, how many believers don't read the Word of God at all. Here at Celebration, you're supposed to read a chapter every day with us. Go on our church app. We read a chapter. Why do we read? Because we don't want to be failures. We want to be successful in life. Most people are not reading the book. The devil has lied to them. They think success is outside the book. I'm telling you, you've got to get in the book, meditate in the book, because it's God's plan for your life. God's Word is your source for making right decisions and right actions. For believers, God's Word is supposed to be your final authority. But most people don't even know the Word. They're not even reading the Word. I'm telling you, the power's in the book. He, say, he says His Word will not return void. No weapon formed against you. His Word is hidden in your heart. It's going to keep you from, from sinning against your God. The word is, is the building block. I, 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 I'm just, I'm incapable of stressing how important this is. I am shocked and amazed at how the church is not reading and meditating and studying the word of God. It's not my responsibility to read for you. It's your responsibility to read for yourself. And your marriage will never be good. Your life will never be good. Your family will never be good until you open the book and meditate on the book. People have crazy, that's the reason why even the church, we have crazy ideas about God. We, we have crazy ideas like God thinks like, God don't think like you think. Most people think like, you know, I can just, you know, it's okay. I just go to church whenever I want to. Well, you're not reading the book apparently. Because God said, don't neglect the going to church. You've got your own new theology. People say, people say stupid things like this. Well, 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 you know, well, Jesus, he came and preached. He came and preached love and acceptance. Well, you would think that's true if, unless you were in the book. Jesus didn't, didn't come and preach love and acceptance, but that sounds good. Sounds worldly. Do you know what Jesus came to teach? He came and taught love and repentance. Love and change, not love and acceptance. He didn't just come to love you. He wants to change you. But you don't know that if you're not in the book. Well, if I have, if I have anything left over, then I'll, I'll give. Well, you're not reading the book. I say, you're not reading the book. The Bible says he gets it first. PG&E gets it last. Hello. Netflix doesn't get it first. Jesus gets it first, and Netflix gets it last. Hello, somebody. I'm preaching real good now. Oh, I can tell. I can tell you guys are almost done on me. I got so much more. I got so much more. Wow, 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 wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. People are reading the book. I'm telling this is a passion for. I probably just need to slow down here. Well, you know, maybe we ought to defund the police. And that's a great idea. Defund the police, you know. You're not reading the book, stupid. Really, is that what you want to do? Defund the police? And what are you going to do when you need somebody to help you and protect you? You know what the Bible says? It says to pray for them and to honor them. Yeah, but, but, but there's some bad ones. Well, there's bad plumbers too, but we don't get rid of the plumbing. We would have a mess. Come on, somebody. We've got to start reading the book. We've got to, come on, the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How are you going to know where to go if you're not reading the book? Come on, stand to your feet. Glory to God. God says, you're supposed to be praying for them. Thank God for our, our authorities. Talk trash about them. I know some of you were, man, pastor's about time. Well, let me talk about your president. When's the last time you prayed for him? Well, he's not my president. No, he is your president. Biden is your president. You can pray for him. See how quiet it got? Stupid devil. I'll run that devil out of church here right now. No, my president is Trump. No, your president is Biden. And you have a responsibility to pray for him and honor him every day that he's in office. Hey, somebody ought to shout. Now I made you all mad. I made the I made the Trump folks mad. I made the whatever mad. Uh, Tavo, get out here, man. You need to help me real quick. Because he's not done with us yet, right? Come on, somebody say he's not done. He's not done. Now, I, I it's gonna take me a couple because next week they're not letting me preach next week. So man, I I've got a Mother's Day message I've been trying to preach for how many years, Andrew? At least three years, right? But my wife says, no, sit down. I'll take it, baby. So next week, I think it's going to be her and Riz and I think my mother-in-law. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, for those that don't know, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, which is just my mom and dad, um, they come to this church. Now. They've pastored for over 830 years. I mean, they've been... So, and they just kind of sit in the back and spy on us to make sure we're doing everything right. So, so next week, I would expect that she's going to come and fix everything that I messed up today and all the theology. But, but uh, next week's going to be powerful. But I want to pick this up because I made a commitment to God that I would quit trying to rush through my content, trying to fit it in and just take time. Because we're, we're, we're... But here's what I want you to know. Before God could do big things in their life, He had to have them understand that, that He wasn't finished with them yet. And that they had to have a made-up mind that they weren't finished yet. And that the church wasn't finished. And if they were going to go in and possess the big things of God, then they would have to understand that God was going to do, that God wanted to talk to them about their yesterdays. That God, God had healing. That God had healing for the pain. And He had healing for the loss. And then He wanted to talk about their tomorrows. And He said, hey, I want you to know what's on my heart. Monday, miracles. Tuesdays, amazing God things. Wednesday, I got miracles. He said, but I got this area sandwiched in between these two things, healings for your yesterdays and miracles for your tomorrows. He says, I have some preparations that I need you to. And the enemy has lied to us and he's deceived us and he has kept us from doing what we need to be doing in our todays. And a big part of that is just read the Bible. 
we make it really easy around here celebration. Go on our church app. And, and it's, it's on there, right? And, and we read a chapter. If you're not watching our devos, we actually talk about that chapter that we read. We've made it so easy. Why, why not? Well, just even if you don't understand, the Bible says even in the book of Revelations, just by reading it, you're blessed, even if you don't understand it. So every day, get up at 10 minutes. You know what? It's an, people say, well, I didn't got time. Listen, social media is an indictment that you have plenty of time to pray and read your Bible. We have time. We wonder why our life is in the place it is. I'm here to tell you, God's got supernatural things for you. But today, the way I prepare for the miracle tomorrow, the way I prepare for the miracle tomorrow is that God's word is final authority in my life. And I'm going to read it every day. If it's today, what am I doing? Meditating on the word. If it's today, what am I doing? Meditating on the word. If it's today, what am I doing? reading my chapter every day, right? You receive this today? Come on, anybody get this today? <laughs> Woo! Woo! Be amazed. You start reading the Bible, you'll, you'll realize what's right and wrong. You'll get rid of those crazy ideas. Some of you got some crazy ideas. Crazy, crazy, crazy ideas. Crazy. Thinking just like the world thinking. Crazy ideas. Not for this church. We're a word people. God's word is our final authority. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 